we're here for part three of our Called To series. Today we're going to look at another one of those, uh, the great callings that God has placed on our lives. And I believe that we are called into partnership. Um, we are united, part of a divine destiny, called to serve wholeheartedly. This continues our, our, our practice of pursuit that we say on this road trip in earnest pursuit of Christ, we are being brought into, uh, we are being brought together into one. We have hope and freedom in the love of Jesus. And we are drawn closer together through a growing faith. We don't make faith, but we remain expectant, active, focused on what we have called our, our uh, faith catalysts, practical teaching, private disciplines, personal ministry, providential relationships, and pivotal circumstances. Awareness of and participation of those faith catalysts opens uh, space for faith development to, to germinate. Our goal is for your faith to grow in Jesus so that it spills over into all the different areas of your life. We are called to generosity in time, treasure, and talent. And last time we, we, we spoke about the treasure, the, the finances, the, the money kind of stuff. Today we're going to focus on the opportunity for generosity in our time and with our talents. So to do that, we're going to be implementing some practical teaching to guide you, to assist you, to develop you in your private disciplines and in your personal ministry. These are all things that help us on the walk in pursuit of Jesus. So today, there are next steps in what we're going to talk about. What can you do next? So no matter who you are, where you come from, there comes a time when you look at, uh, at what you've done and you say, um, this is what I've done, this is what I'm doing. Does it even matter? Does what I do, does what I put my time into make a difference? Will I ever leave any kind of mark on this world at all? You might even get to the place where you ask yourself, does, does God have any sort of plan for my life? Has, will, will he ever move on my behalf? Is it possible to go through my entire life and never have an interaction of significance with or through God? When I was 16, I never dreamed that I would work in a church. Didn't cross my mind. I never imagined that I would work in a church that I was pastoring. I didn't even have a hint that I would be pastor at a church that I had helped to plant. But God moves in mysterious ways, right? He chooses the foolish things of this world to shame the wise, and here we are. Doesn't matter whether I thought about it. Today, I want to walk you through um, a really well-known story, a familiar story, David. Today, we're talking about you, David. And to that end, we're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 16 and 17. And perhaps you've heard of this guy, David, from such stories as David and a king named Saul, or David and a woman named Bathsheba, or David and a son named Absalom, and most famously, David and a giant named Goliath. Like most heroes, like us also, David's life is full of spaces, the spaces between big events. There's lots of space between David's um, anointing, when, when God called him to be the king of Israel over his entire nation, until David's great moment, uh, the victory over Goliath. And you and I, we like to skip over the gaps. 
We like to hurry past the pauses, just cut straight to the car chase. But there is process involved in this time. There is a process that brought David from humble shepherd boy to great king over a nation. It's a process of service. And it was a process of working out that calling that he had all the way through this mundaneness of everyday life. So the first thing I want to tell you is that service is an act of training. One day, it's election year in the nation of Israel, and the prophet Samuel came to David's parents' house. And David had some brothers, and uh, Samuel made them all line up so that he could choose the future king of Israel from one of them. Now, here's the way election day uh, used to work in ancient Israel. God voted them in. God voted them out. No signs, no campaigns, no, no debates, no mudslinging, no door knocking. God voted, that's it. And God had chosen David. But no one knew that God had chosen and called and set aside and anointed David. So here's an interesting thing that I think I can say is true about many of you. You feel overlooked. You feel frequently that you are not noticed. And that makes you question your value. But God has picked you, chosen you from the foundations of the earth. And he's had his eye on you since you were very young. And he's had his eye on you since you were in junior high. And you first started awkwardly sprouting that armpit hair. And when you were asking all those girls out and they all said no to you, he was there. He knew what was going on. And in that time, he was shaping you and he was forming you and he was creating Uh, experiences and relationships in your life. And he was even using and then transforming the dysfunction in your own family to bring you to a place where he could use you, use your life to partner with you to be an agent of transformation in this world. David wasn't even in the house that day that Samuel came. But God had his eye on David and God told Samuel, uh, wait for David. Wait for him to be found and for him to be brought in. And then Samuel anointed David in front of all of David's brothers, in front of the family, signifying that he'd be the future king of the nation of Israel. So here in front of all of David's family, the whole household, servants, he's singled out by the prophet, by the man of God, that he will be the next king of the nation. So what does David do next? After that, Samuel leaves. Does, does David now go up to his bedroom and start, you know, posing in front of the mirror, practicing his new king wave? Does he go down to Tiffany's to get his head sized for his new crown? Did he go down to the store and start trying on the Armani robes? No. The historian who recorded these events that later get added into the Hebrew Bible um, says that David went back and forth to tend sheep and to play music for King Saul. 1 Samuel 17, starting at verse 13. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to the war. The firstborn was Eliab, the second was Abinadab, and the third was Shammah. David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. And I wonder how many of you 
listening or watching today feel that same way. All of David's brothers have all gone to the front lines of the battle. They're where the action is. They're in the spotlight. They're where it's all happening. And David went back and forth to tend sheep. And I have to wonder how many of you today in your job or in your motherhood, in your school life, feel like everybody else is on the front lines. Everybody else is where the action is. Everybody else is in the spotlight. And you're just going back and forth, doing what might seem to you to be very insignificant. Just going back and forth to a job that you might or might not like. I wonder how many stay-at-home moms or stay-at-home dads feel like they just go back and forth changing diapers just so that you can change another diaper in an hour and another one in an hour after that. For those of you who feel like what you're doing doesn't matter, or maybe you feel like the activity that God has assigned to you is insignificant, it's inconsequential, nothing is insignificant in your life when it's done for the significance of the cause of Christ. And and my encouragement to you today is that God has placed in you a calling. It's on you. It's in you. He has shaped you. He knows you. He has formed you. He has anointed you. He has called you. He has gifted you. He has placed his mantle on you. He is training you. If God has called you to do great things and you're in the space between when God has called you and anointed you and you feel like you're just going back and forth, but you're anointed to be the king, but you're stuck in the meantime and you're tending sheep and frankly, you kind of smell like dung and you're potty training a three-year-old, take courage. Because the most significant opportunities in your life lie in your ability to serve in the small ways with wholehearted intensity for the cause of Christ. Whatever you do, do it as service to Christ himself. And one day, man, I, I had a vision. Uh, I had a moment. I had an epiphany. Uh, I... I <laughs> I was, I was out of ministry, and I was, I was managing a Blockbuster video store. Doesn't that take some of you back in time real fast? Blockbuster. Uh, and I, I had a vision, and I, that's what I, I got to call it. I don't know what anything else to call it. I was building the big display wall with the new release, and they also set it in time for you. It was the new release of the remake of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And in my hands, I had a stack of cases for this display that I was building. And then I had this moment that everything else paused, and I had a strong sense that just came over me, and it said, what is in your hands? This is not to be in your hands. Your hands should be holding a Bible. Display that. And so I dropped the stack right there. It was a powerful moment, and I told the staff, I don't touch that ever again. And it wasn't long after that that I found myself heading back into ministry. And to do that, I took a pay cut and, and, I, and I moved, and I poured myself 
into the lives of the people that I was entrusted with. And I loved my job, and I loved those people. And we were able to see incredible things. We saw people commit to full-time ministry. We saw them commit to significant life change. We saw them commit their lives to Jesus and, and to commit to a depth of Christianity that was truly admirable. Now, now here's what that has to do with David, and, and here's what that has to do with you. I just began by not holding back by risking loss. I began serving Christ with my whole heart, where I was with what I had. And I want to speak to all of you today who feel right now that your life, it has a calling from God, and you know that you were created for influence, and you were created with destiny in mind, and you were created for impact. But right now, it just feels like you're going back and forth. You're doing menial jobs. You're stuck in a job that, that you hate. Or you're raising a high schooler who's about to drive you out of your mind. But you know that God has called you. You know that God has given you that child. You know that God is going to use that child to make a difference. I want to encourage you. Stay faithful in the small things. Jesus is telling a story in Matthew chapter 25, and he's doing that, that parable thing again. He's, he's teaching, and he says in the middle of his story, um, if you will be faithful in little, God will make you faithful over much. And, and back, back to David, here's this shepherd boy going back and forth, anointed to be the future king of Israel, but tending sheep. And in the meantime, he didn't, he didn't contact Vistaprint and, and, ha, and reprint his business cards to change his title from shepherd boy to future king-elect. Uh, he tended his father's sheep. And then one day, David's big opportunity came. But I want you to see how it came to him. I want you to see what led up to David killing Goliath on the front lines of battle before the gathered war hosts of two nations. So here's the story that we find in the historical document that we call 1 Samuel, chapter 17, starting at verse 17. Now Jesse said to his son David, take this ephah, and ephah is about 36 pounds of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry along to their camp. Take along these 10 cheeses to the commander of their unit See how your brothers are and bring back some assurances from them. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah fighting the Philistines. Early in the morning, early in the morning, David left the flock with a shepherd, loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as the camp was going out into their battle position, positions, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up the battle lines facing each other, and David left the things with the keeper of the supplies, and he ran to the battle lines, and he greeted his brothers. And as he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. Now, here's something fascinating in this story, okay? The only reason that David was ever within earshot of the defiant cries of Goliath, the only reason that he was ever in a position to do something great 
for God was because he served and simply obeyed the directions of his father to bring cheese and bread to his brothers. Did you know that about King David? He got his start by running cheese and bread, basically a cheese pizza delivery boy. And he didn't just do it. He got up early in the morning. And then as his father said, he ran to the battle lines to do that very small thing that God had given him to do. What would it look like? If everyone at Into One, every single member, everyone who calls this place home started running to the battle lines to do the most insignificant thing for the most significant purpose. With a wholehearted intensity, with a full throttle devotion to God. You're not just a greeter, okay? You're a connector to the, to the current of the power of Christ because someone is rolling in today or someday and they are hurting. And, and you, simply by serving them and welcoming them into this space and, and smiling at them and making them feel like you're actually glad that they decided to come to Into One today, you can be part of that and together we can make a difference. And by the time you get in here, by the time you get in and you sit down you, you, to connect with and experience the music and hear the message, hopefully you've already been impacted by several people who are doing what seems to be the insignificant with a significant wholehearted devotion. And they are inviting you, whether you know it or not, to join us on this road trip in earnest pursuit of Jesus. Some of you need to, to jump into ministry at Into One now. It's time. You've been around here for a while. Um, it's time to take a next step. It's time to engage. Uh, you, you, you think that it would just be insignificant if you, if you handed the notes or the welcome stuff out of the door, the bulletins. You think that it would just be insignificant to, to serve as a greeter. You, you might think that it's insignificant to, to, to serve and help in our media ministry. You might think that it's insignificant to just give a couple of hours a week to serve God at this church. But let me explain something to you that we overlook all the time. If God could use a shepherd boy and his simple obedience to take cheese and bread to his brothers on the battle lines, couldn't, couldn't God use you volunteering in kids' church to lay a foundation in a child's life? So that the first thoughts, when they think back, and they're a little bit older, they think back, what do I associate with God? I associate that person who, who loved me and, and who treated me with kindness, and they, they served me, and they, they taught me, they dedicated their time to me. Couldn't God use that in a powerful way? Wouldn't God use it if you joined a behind-the-scenes service team at this church? You are called to serve. Yes, you are anointed for greatness. Yes, you, you are part of the plan that God has set apart for you in your life. But the greatness doesn't start when you get your big break. It starts when you do what God has given you to do right now. I want to encourage and, and, and give hope to all of you today who are serving in what you would call small ways. And, and it seems like it doesn't even matter. It does matter. 
It, it, it does matter to the mom who comes in and she's really tired and she just needs some help. It matters to that nervous person who's unsure of where to go or what to do. It matters to the person who's desperately trying to dig out of disillusionment. It matters to the one who's struggling to think that God cares at all. And you know what? Honestly, it matters to me. It encourages me to see you in action. It, you surprise me with your insights. And, and frankly, there's delight in watching the way you spontaneously care for each other. This is a calling on your life. You never know which one you meet who might become instrumental in God's miraculous story of redemption, and you can be part of it. One of my mentors, one of the people who helped me um, was, my, was my youth pastor and my friend, Gary Bruce. He taught me he modeled ministry for me. He encouraged me. He laughed with me. He played ball hockey with me. And when I went away to Bible school, he went back to seminary. And one night, we were just hanging out in his living room, and he said something to me that I have never forgotten. He said, Graham, God has given me the peace to see that you will do something far beyond me in life and in ministry. And I have never forgotten that moment. It was a real moment. It was not put on. It was a holy moment from God Himself. And I've never forgotten it. And the best part was that it had nothing to do with me being superior and Him being inferior. It had nothing to do with competition. It was about God's design and plan and how we were both committed to it. Beautiful. And I've held on to that vision through some hard years. And I have doubted more than once but my heavenly Father gently draws me back. And that inspires me. It motivates me. It excites me. God can use even me. Even you. What if every follower of Christ could grasp this concept? And what if every single person who showed up to fill this space saw that you are not just an attendee, that you're not just a greeter, you're not just a teacher at kids' church, you're not just a tech person, you're not just a keyboard player, you're not just an admin person. No, you are a staff member of the kingdom of God. An XYZ corporation might happen to pay your salary, but you are on staff in an immersive, full-time capacity with the kingdom of God. What you're doing matters. Young boy David was in a position to be thrust into the international spotlight simply because he served God to his fullest ability where he was and with what he had. And then his big moment came, and he stood before King Saul, and he's getting prepped to head out into battle. And David says to the king, he says, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Service is an act of courage, of boldness, of trust, of risk. Will I run out of time? Will my time be wasted? Does this even matter? I feel scarcity. I always feel like I'm about to run out of something. My time is precious. That's why it is an act of generosity. 
If God doesn't intervene in some way, this might all be a waste. So be bold. Live in faith. Serve and trust and watch. Watch for God at work. Then realize that he is working first in you while he continues to work through you. Service is an act of faith. And I call this a Mr. Miyagi moment. Remember Daniel-san? So frustrated. Uh, He went to Mr. Miyagi. He wanted to learn how to fight. Mr. Miyagi said, okay, paint the fence. And he did that for a while. And then Mr. Miyagi said, now, sand the floor. And he did that for a little while. And then he said, now, you wash the car. Remember? Put wax on. Wax off. And finally, Daniel threw up his hands and he goes, I didn't come here to paint the fence, sand the floor, or wax the car. I came to learn how to fight. Mr. Miyagi said, all right, paint the fence. Mr. Miyagi swings at him, and Daniel son blocks. Sand the floor. Mr. Miyagi kicks, and Daniel son blocks. Wax on, wax on. You are like Daniel san right now. You don't know what is really going on. The whole time you were thought you were just painting a fence, I was preparing you to fight Goliath. The whole time you thought you were just putting up with your kids, I was using you to invest in that child so that they would grow up to serve God with a passion. The whole time you thought that you were just handing out papers, bulletins, greeting. I was using you as a connection point to the person and the power of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you today that God is preparing you, even if it seems insignificant. Keep painting the fence. Keep sanding the floor. Keep waxing the car. Keep serving. Keep being generous with your time, your treasure, and your talent. Keep running cheese and and bread to the battle lines. Keep tending sheep. Because God is preparing you for what he... God is preparing you for what he's already prepared for you. He has called you. He has anointed you. There is no way to imagine all of what God will do through your life when you serve him to your fullest ability, where you are with what you have. Here and now, may God use you beyond your wildest dreams as a partner in his kingdom mission, the mission of Christ. You are called to serve. Now continue to live out your calling. Kind Father, thank you for what you have done, for what you have set in place, for the plan that you have for us that we can't even see right now. Thank you for the way that you are organizing and you are arranging our lives, our relationships, and our experiences. Thank you that you can take even that which seems dark and impossible to me and you can transform it into light and to hope. Continue to work in my life. Continue to work in the lives of the people here. And God, continue to find us faithful. Inspire us, I pray, to keep on with what seems hard, with what seems tiring, with what seems mundane, and just every day. As we go back and forth, help us to see this as opportunity to continue to serve. Lord God, I pray 
that as we continue to pursue you and serve you, we would get to know you better and that our faith would grow and our trust in you would strengthen. And that which seems impossible would become possible because of your presence with us in our lives. Bless these, my friends, today. Encourage them, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. You are called the blessed, the chosen, the children of God, beloved by God from the foundations of the world. You do not simply exist. You are called to thrive, to excel, to fully become who God has designed you to be. And when you do that, you will discover that you are the happiest that you will ever be. May you find these things. May you find these truths and live and grow into them. May this week be the next step. Be blessed in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.